0: Hi there, and welcome to season two of York Talks, a podcast for families wanting to learn more about how the York School, Toronto's leading co-ed independent school delivering the IB curriculum from JK to grade 12, views education. I'm your host, Natasha Estee. This season, join me in conversation with teachers from the junior, middle, and senior schools about their craft and get insights into some of the most progressive approaches to education today. The York School is a leader in innovative and meaningful integration of technology across the curriculum. In the middle school, students have access to any resources they need, from 3D printers to programmable robots to digital probes. Their classrooms have mounted digital projectors, interactive whiteboards, and audio equipment. The middle school also has its own maker space called the Shad Lab. Design is part of the middle years program. This class challenges students to apply practical and creative thinking skills to solve design problems, explore the role of design in both historical and contemporary contexts, and consider their responsibilities when making design decisions and taking action. Students follow the design cycle to structure inquiry and analysis of design problems, develop and create feasible solutions, and test and evaluate their models, prototypes, products, or systems. Tim Cooper is the York School's teaching and learning coordinator and co-chair of the design department. He works with all of the grade 6 to 12 teachers to improve their use of technology to make learning happen in new ways. And he teaches MYP design to grade 6 to 8 students. He is also head coach of the York School's first Lego League team. Tim joined the York School in 2013 after having worked in the technology education space in New York City. He's co-founder of MakerEdTO, an organization that advocates for maker education and holds conferences and other events. Welcome to York Talks, Tim.
1: Hello. Hello, (laughs) Newark. Good to talk to you.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Your Twitter profile states that you are interested in all things ed tech, green ed tech, iPad and kids making stuff, media, robots, games, tools, green power. What a cool and fun career. Tell me about your journey to becoming a teacher, teaching IB, focusing on being a technology and maker educator, and the whole kind of sweet spot of teaching tweens.
1: I started out in software i was in publishing software in new york city and uh we developed uh, some systems for you know large publishing um, pieces like encyclopedia and things like that uh, my company built the production system for the first uh, post-soviet encyclopedia oh wow uh, like random it was uh sponsored by the the open society institute which is uh, george Soros's foundation so it's pretty cool and in the end of the 90s it became kind of evident that a lot of that publishing technology stuff was kind of drying up. And I said to myself, I, before in publishing technology, I was an English teacher. And I said, you know, maybe I'll go back into education and see what that's about. And uh, so then I went and uh, did, uh, you know, different types of um, technology and education. I taught uh, programming. I uh, worked with teachers to integrate technology. I uh, worked for a company that did um, professional development for uh, robotics and uh, other like educational technology and then, and then, you know, eventually went back into the classroom and, and uh, taught design uh, everything from graphic design to production, you know, like uh, production of 3d printing things and uh, robots. Robots are kind of my favorite thing.
0: <laughs> and and how did you end up kind of getting into, you know, becoming an IB educator? Cause that in and of itself is its own sort of path.
1: Well, at first, um, you know, I, I had worked primarily in um, independent schools. And so I it was uh, an AP teacher, uh, per, uh computer science teacher for, for a while, and then uh, uh, did different things when I came to the York School. One of the reasons I came to the York School is I liked the curriculum and uh, wanted to be involved with the IB. Uh, and so I uh, you know, was first a IB design teacher, and I also am an IB design teacher and a computer science teacher. Uh, the one thing I like about the IB specifically is that it has um, – an approach that is not uh, content based, it's like connection based. And, uh, especially in the MYP, it's like how things are related to each other and, uh, using skills to produce knowledge as opposed to, you know, connecting knowledge to skills, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I was really, I've always been impressed by the IB and, uh, I've done a lot of um, professional development within the IB. Uh, recently I was, um, the last six years, I've been working on the the new uh, curriculum for IB, DP Computer Science.
0: Yeah, that sounds really, really neat thing to be a part of, because you've been connecting with educators and curriculum designers sort of from all over the place, I, as I understand, to, yeah. to pull that together. So
1: yeah, we met in The Hague, and uh, we are, we've we completed the um, curriculum just before the pandemic. And so it's going to launch in next year.
0: That's great. Um now you obviously teach high school students as well, but mm-hmm. um, but but what is it about teaching you know grade six to eight students that are in the middle school that that you enjoy?
1: So the thing I love about middle school is that it's um, it's a time when kids kind of have moldable identities. They haven't like kind of taken a I'm a nerd, I'm a jock, I'm you know I'm a whoever the kind of person. They're very flexible. Kids will try out new things because they figure like that's not me. They don't know that's not me yet. They're like. I'll see if that's me. Maybe I'll try it out. And uh, we are, our design program is uh, pretty unique in the sense that we have uh, a f- one design class per year for all of the middle all all the uh, six seven eight years, and so uh, it means that every kid, whether they consider themselves a, a you know geek or a nerd, or they they just find themselves you know they find themselves in this class, and uh, you know we get to we get to see what happens, and you know it's middle school kids are very creative they're willing to take a lot more chances because they're less looking around what their peers will do and they also they they um they want to learn new stuff
0: and they sure get to learn some pretty cool stuff um, as part of this. In in particular, the design class at um, at the York School. Now, I would argue that design is a highlight of the middle school educational experience. Thanks. You know, in any design class that I've ever stepped into, students are engaged, they're being productive, and they're being creative. And they get to make robots, and they get to do woodworking, and they get to use three D printers, and they get to make movies, and and I mean. And didn't one class at one point even send a message to the International Space Station using a Raspberry Pi computer? Am I remembering that yeah. correctly? Every, every yeah. Every year,
1: every year, uh, our grade six students participate in the AstroPi project, which is uh, with the ESA, and they send a they use a Raspberry they use Python programming to send a, a message to the uh, Raspberry Pi that's on the space station, and it, it tells the astronauts uh, the temperature of the room and also a cool little message.
0: I think that's so amazing for a kid to experience something like that. What makes MYP design so special and important in your opinion?
1: I think, you know, this may sound strange from a guy who's into computers and stuff like that, but uh, it's a great way for kids to get into their own hands and using their hands to make stuff. So we have art, we are paired with art. So in half the year they're doing art, half their year in design. And the idea is that they're, they're using their hands and their minds to like develop new ideas and they use the computers from time to time not sometimes more sometimes less and uh, you know there's lots of cool uh, tools on them like TinkerCAD we use to like uh design 3D prints and uh, all the coding stuff that we do but most of it is about um, working together uh, at least one of our projects each term is a group project in which the kids have to work together but there's always a sense of um, like a builder or maker community in here, like kids, whenever we kids are making their, their pinewood cars, for instance, or always like showing each other off. This is what I'm doing. This is how I did this. And then also you get that kind of uh, uh, viral uh, skill distribution. So one kid learns this and then it shows like, Hey, look, don't you like my car game? I'll show you. I did this. And then the next kid does it and passes it on. So it means that there's so many uh, teachers in the room, not just me.
0: Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Um, and I mean, again, I sort of getting a little bit of a taste of of what that would sort of be like. But if I could be a fly on the wall in your des- any of your design classes that you're teaching, like what would I hear? What would I see? What would I experience beyond what you've already just shared?
1: I would say in, in most cases, kids don't sit down. <laughs> they sit down for a <laughs> bit and then they get up and they walk around and they show this and that. You see a lot of chatter uh, where kids are trading ideas or showing things off or looking at things. Um, and then you would see, uh, you know, a lot of um, like hands-on activity. Like kids are just doing stuff with their hands, uh, okay. whether it's learning new tools or maybe it's even just, you know, learning how to uh, make a robot do something. Uh, it's kind of cool idea. So a lot of... Um, a lot of oh no's and a lot of oh yes, you know, like in between, like the, the <laughs> victories and defeats are happen, you know, like daily in our class. It's like, you know, the, the idea of first attempt in learning.
0: First so attempt fa- at fail.
1: learning. First, first, first attempt in learning, a- fail
0: Wow. I love that. First attempt in learning.
1: Yes. Fail. Fail. So just screw it up. You learn a lot more. <laughs> and I tell this to my coding kids all the time. It's like, if it works the first time, you didn't do it well enough. Like, you got to take some chances, stretch it out a little bit and make it good because, you know, that's how you kind of, especially if you're trying to learn something, the more you you, you live on the edges of your knowledge when you fail, uh, the broader your knowledge gets.
0: Yeah, and... And the other sort of piece of that, and again, maybe you can explain this a little bit better, is that since that now with um, you know with the three D printers and with the software that that these students are starting to um, use, is that they can they they're, they're able to prototype so quickly, yeah. right, and and make these mm-hmm. little iterations or, or changes to to things they're doing. I know that um, in the last episode, I was speaking with. Um, Teresa McDonald and Shelly Gopal. And Teresa was talking about how in grade six they have this flight unit and that Mm -hmm. they've integrated that with design. And so they've been able to, you know, make the wings up for the rockets and change little tiny things and and do all this sort of data gathering around what makes something make the rocket go further or fly better than another thing. So um, maybe share a bit more about how some of these other um, technologies that these students are learning about and having access to can even further. Kind of
1: sure.
0: support well, the, this maker mentality.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the MYP, um, design is built around the uh, MYP design cycle, which is a kind of a, a circular wheel. If you can you can see it, and it's basically of like you kind of research some ideas, you uh, come up with some plans, you make your plans, and then you evaluate them. And it's it seems like a four step process, but it's really more of a circular thing, and you keep doing it as you're building your your piece. And that's you know what uh, in our class a lot of the research phase is failure it's like let's let's try to blow things up and see like how how close can we get to the edge of it so in our for instance in our, our rocket projects we looked at all the different types of fins we, we launched all the rockets and some of them did really well some of them didn't but then again that helped us figure out like for our for our actual rockets which fins do we want and with the pinewood Derby cars we run cars down the track in the beginning of, of the unit before any kid actually actually touches the wood uh, so we can see like if a weight is placed here or there, like how does that affect the car? And it's all about how does your design decision affect the output? And the only way to do that is to to test some things out. So we wanna make sure we're better decision makers and we do research, make bad decisions, see how that works and see which of the good decisions happen. And then that's how we're able to make our uh, success in design.
0: That's great. the Pinewood Derby is definitely a really, it's a grade seven design kind of experience, I guess. Yes, and so, it's pretty epic. And they're, they're now 3D printing these cars or is it still being um, carved out of wood or is there like an evolution happening even in terms of how that um, event so, is?
1: So it's interesting. Um, one of the things that we want to do is help kids make decisions for themselves. And so we've offered both options. And so uh, there are some some wood some 3d printed parts uh you know the key is to make it um, in you envision an idea and how you make it in reality uh sometimes it's uh not possible to do it in one form so you have to like use a, a couple i would say the majority of my cars in my uh design class now are mostly wood with some 3d printed parts and then there's a few 3d printed ones that are on wood bases but that's it and it's a question of like where does the weight sit the best and you know, uh, 3D printed parts, cars might not have the same weight distribution, so you might have yeah. to redistribute the weights in different ways.
0: Right. Fascinating. Um, and then what's kind of a, a design uh, highlight that the grade eight students are, are able to to be uh, involved in?
1: So the grade eights um, break their bridges. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of our big things. So like they design a bridge and now we're talking about with all these different uh, tools that we have, maybe we would design different types of bridges in the past. We did just trust bridges, but maybe maybe we have the ability to make some like uh, suspension bridges and some different types of bridges, just kind of celebrate bridges.
0: And you would um, also have, like, as you said, to kind of see how much weight a bridge could bear there'd be actually like a bit of a kind of a competition where you'd bring in weight oh, and yeah. you'd add more weight and add more weight. And there was like a trophy for the the bridge that could hold the most weight. Is yes. there still a record? I want to say there was a bridge that was made a few years back that mm-hmm. hold, like you had, the students were going out to get more weights from the fitness center because yes. the ones you had in the class just weren't cutting it. Is there is that, uh, has that, um, record been broken yet?
1: <laughs> no, it came close one year, but the record, was 318 pounds, I think was the record.
0: Wow. Wow. And, so, and that was a bridge made out of balsa wood. And all, all the bridges like, made out of balsa wood. Yeah. Wood. And, and, glue. and glue. Amazing. And glue. Yes. Lots <Yeah>. of glue. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a lot of fun. Um, and of course, all, a lot of these sorts of things are uh, shared through, um, you know, Twitter and other, you know, through mm-hmm. our social media. So um, everyone can kind of get a feel for, for what the students are doing. Um, it's such an interesting space that you work in. And I'm curious, uh, who or what inspires you in the work that you're doing these days?
1: Well, it's, uh, you know, definitely I get inspired by kids, you know, uh, what kids want to do. I mean, I kind of want to It's interesting. So when I first started teaching, very few kids knew how to code when they got to middle school. And now many kids have had coding experience when they go to middle school. So like when we design our curriculum, it changes you know, every couple of years just because we find kids have different skills. And uh, and also we have different tools like uh, we use the micro bit, which is made in Britain. All grade seven kids get a micro bit and it's a really cool tool. Uh, but the micro bits, you know, we're up the version two, and so it can do more things. Now it can run servos, it can do sound. Uh, wow. So we're forever like trying to see how can we can maximize our tools. And I, I just think the more I can, the, the more things that we can offer kids to make decisions about, and coding is a great place for them to make decisions. We, uh, you know, even when they play games and such, it's interesting. A lot of the games they end up making resemble some of the games, you know, from my childhood, you know, the, the, arcade games and stuff like that because, you know, they are simple enough to program to make, you know, like Grand Theft Auto. You need a a lot more. (laughs) You need a software team, but Uh, to make, yes, (laughs) yes. but to make, you know, like some Donkey Kong game, you know, it's, it's totally within a kid's realm. And there are lots, there's lots of cool tools to show kids how to do it. And more and more kids are able to, to do it.
0: Now is there still, um, I know there's, there has been and probably still is a Minecraft club, um, and is, Does the York School still have its own server that you run for Minecraft, or is that something that's just kind of moved on?
1: It, it's kind of moved on. We did it as, yeah. a, as a stopgate, you know, within the world of, uh, you know, pandemic learning. Yeah. But uh, what's interesting is, um, so one of the companies that a lot of people have written off is Microsoft, but Microsoft bought Minecraft, and yes. Microsoft made an educational version of Minecraft that I use in all of my coding classes, which enables kids to Take uh, Minecraft worlds and make things happen in using Python or blocks. Uh, from uh, designing castles by a touch of a button uh, to uh, you know creating special powers for people within the Minecraft world. So it's been it's been a lot of fun to take that.
0: Yeah, and I saw an amazing video of um, uh, a student created kind of virtual tour of the 1320 campus mm. built in Minecraft. It's amazing how how much it absolutely resembles the, the, the school. Yeah. Um, I've been asking all of my guests this season this question, and uh, it's about what being a 21st century progressive educator means to you.
1: I think there's so much magic in our world that we take for granted. Uh, we have all these cool gadgets and all these things happen for us. And uh, I think as, a, as an educator, what I want to do is look under the hood, take them apart and s- think of kids find their, their ways as creators as opposed to consumers. You know, what can you make? And, and when you get something, how can you make it your own as opposed to just accepting it as it is? And, you know, how to be skeptical about we have all these, you know, uh, new technologies that are sometimes good and sometimes bad. And just what are the lenses that you use to, to look at them? We, uh, in my coding class last year, we watched a movie called Coded Bias, which was yeah. in the Hot Docs Film Festival. But uh, it talks about um, how um, facial recognition can be used uh, in positive and negative ways and how facial recognition is often misused as uh, in communities of color and as a, w- as a way of identifying people, but also in greater ways of missing people in the greater history. Uh, when we look at the internet, and we, if you use the internet as the, the canon of history, the internet for the last, you know, 30 years has not been the canon of all everybody's history, and so it's interesting to see like how that comes apart. And so, if you're going to use the internet to uh, comb through the world and, and see how it is, it's going to be a, a selective select person's view as opposed to a view of, of all different types of people.
0: Absolutely. And I think you actually raise a really interesting point around sort of the responsibility that that we, you know, as as educators around sort of teaching di- digital citizenship and, you know, sort of responsibility mm-hmm. in that space and in that world. And I know that that's something that, um, you know, the school takes pretty, pretty seriously. And it is part of the kind of education that happens as well. Yeah. When you think of the future of K to 12 education and especially technology and maker education, what are you most excited about?
1: Uh, I'm always excited about new tools <laughs> <laughs> and new ways to say things. Yeah, all of these uh, I mean I, I think I said at the beginning my my first teaching job was a, an English teacher, and uh, to me, all of these products are stories, and uh, mm. the kids decide their stories, and the story of how it's built is one story, but the story of why it came to be or what's its future, those are, those are other stories. So all of our things generate these cool stories. And it's just, uh, as we get new, newer tools, there's just different stories to tell. Always amazed at the, uh, the level. Uh, when I first started teaching, um, for any kid to, comp- to program would be difficult. And now all these tools have made it simpler for kids to program, uh, to, to program simple tools, to gain data and to analyze data. That's collected by giant tools around the world so it's great to see uh, what they'll do with that
0: absolutely and i think it's you know interesting even um and some of the conversations i had with faculty in the junior school that even our kindergarten students are are getting to start working with doing some basic um you know coding as well so Mm -hmm. it's starting right out of the gate and it's going to be really interesting when those those great jks once they're in middle school you know what 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 might be possible at that stage. So I think that's yeah. pretty, pretty exciting for sure. Um, Tim, is there anything else um, that you haven't had a chance to say about this topic that you'd like to share?
1: I guess one thing uh, that i like to say about design is that um, in, in schools, you know, we have our traditional ways of learning and, and uh, uh, being successful, you know, mm-hmm. the kids who you know, do the best on tests and the kids who uh, do the most projects and there are a lot of kids that find a, a way to speak in design uh, that they, they aren't able to in other classes just because it's a more hands-on, maybe a less verbal communication. It's a way for them to kind of express uh, ideas in a way that they don't have available in other classes. The same with coding, you know, that the kids are able to like speak in a new language and it gives them, it gives, you know, a wider variety of, of kids the ability to speak ideas. So I'm glad that we have this opportunity for all kids, in, especially the middle school, and then kids who uh, decide that they want to pursue it more in the high school.
0: That's such a, an important and interesting point that you've raised. Thank you for, for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think you have the coolest job <laughs> getting to, <laughs> to cool tinker job. and to make and design each day with students and teach teachers how to stay on the cutting edge of educational technology as well. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for speaking with me today. This has been great.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: A fail is really just a first attempt in learning. This mindset encapsulates the York School's fail forward philosophy. Aside from this message, Tim's comment about MYP design helping students be creators, not just consumers, really resonated with me. I also love how he talked about products as stories and how design class lets students work with their hands and express themselves in different ways. You can find Tim Cooper on Twitter at tcoops. Follow the hashtag YorkLearns to see MYP design in action. I'm going to put a bunch of links into the show notes related to things that came up in our conversation today, including videos from grade six, seven and eight design, micro bits, Minecraft Education Edition and the Coded Bias Documentary. Visit York Talks online at www.yorkschool.com admission slash York Talks dash podcast. Subscribe to York Talks where you get your podcasts and tell other families wanting to learn more about how the York School approaches education. I'm your host Natasha Estee. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today Please join us again for more
1: York Talks.